Okay, we're on. And we're on. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. We have a guest today. Very exciting. Miss Carly Zicola. She's our yoga teacher. We, we refer to her as Carly High Plank Zicola. Because <laughs> we do a lot of high planks. Um, but yeah, we're excited. So just getting into it. Do I have my jingle bells today? I don't think I do. Um, we'll start with, we thought we'd maybe add like a mantra of the day which is just a nice centering thought that you can kind of think of that may help you um, feel a little bit better today. So the one that I came across the other day, I'm not, I'm not even sure where I found this, but it says, when I shine bright, others shine bright with me. So I, I thought like that, that was really good with Carly here today because she certainly shines bright in our yoga class. For sure. Thank Delight. you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and then um, that book that I mentioned that my husband bought me randomly off Amazon, and I was laughing about it. Anyway, quote passage from that, Century and Thought, and it's actually, I really enjoy that book. And it says, always be yourself, the real, imperfect, flawed, different, unique, beautiful you. It is way too exhausting trying to fit in or be someone you are not. Your unique kind of magic attracts the people, places, and things that are best suited for you. Be healthy in body, mind, and soul. Very, very good. I like that. Yeah. A lot. Th those That book you got you is just these little passages every day? Yep. Literally 365, and there's one exactly like the one I just read. It's just really short and sweet, and I actually have been keeping it in my car. Uh -huh. um, and any kind of second I get where I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, which has been a lot lately, we are not mentally well. <laughs> no. Check in. Not doing too well. <laughs> oh, so they're doing okay. Um, they help me get back to... Um, you're okay. You're yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. They're good centering thoughts again. It, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit longer. It's almost like that secret app. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like this is more about connecting the, the body part of it. Is that right? Um, I think it's so much just awareness okay. of, yeah. Oh, well, they're all kind of different. I'll read another one um, a different day we record for sure. Yeah. But. but I thought these were good too for um, our girl Carly that joined us today. Because you are certainly very good at being your unique, authentic self. I really appreciate, even on Instagram, when you like post your videos and you're like, I'm nervous about this or this is making me uncomfortable, but that's where you know you can really grow and actually let yourself be yourself. So, Heck yeah. comment on Thanks. Namaste. Yeah. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> How did you say that? Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I like that more. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too. But yeah, a little chit chat, mental check in. Your girl Shay's not doing too well. <laughs> well I am not. Um, this week, I um, basically, just to make it short and sweet, I am derailed, like off the tracks. That sounds kind of sexual, but it's not. Like, just kind of knocked off the train track. I'm just kind of out there. Like, I'm just trying to get back on my train tracks right now. So. Yeah. In my company, we went through a massive layoff, uh, which always throws me for a loop. And if anybody else is in, the type of sales that I'm in, it's par for the course, but it's awful because really good people lose their job. It's sad. I know they'll all end up better off than, you know, ever, I'm sure, because they're all great people. But then you have, like, survivor's guilt with that, and then you get switched around. You have a new customers you've got to learn, a new boss. New areas New areas, you. yeah. And then you just have, I start to, like, doubt myself and have imposter syndrome. <laughs> and yes. it just spirals. 
start to um, obsess. Yeah, and I've been struggling <laughs> to, like, my kid's school schedule has been changed last minute after I've already changed appointments around, and it, I've just been kind of feeling like I'm not able to 100% do my job how I can do my job because yeah. I'm just constantly jumping through hoops to even make appointments yeah. happen. But then I was telling Che on our walk this morning, it's like um, these feelings are temporary, and usually like 85% of the time I am, you know, optimistic. It's great. But it's just that 15% of the time really just knocks you down. You yeah, know, it definitely it really does. does. Um, that's it. We, we had our little walk this morning. It felt good just to get it out. Sometimes I think you just need a buddy to talk to. And that be release. Like, yes. Yeah. Just to Quote kinda... from Carly. Yeah. <laughs> release. Just be like, I recognize my brain's obsessing about this. Uh, the hamster help. wheel, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was telling Jayla yesterday, I asked my mom if she would watch my son because I also think our expectations were set that our kids were going to be back in school this week. And oh, then, yeah. you know, snow day on Groundhog's Day. So yeah. here we are again, home with the kids trying to work. And you, I don't want them to remember me as a bitch, but my God, that's all I've been. I know. I'm like, shh. And then finally, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. But I asked my mom to watch my son yesterday. I took him there and I legit felt the stress relieve my body. It, like it just evaporated, which yeah. was crazy town because, you know, I know he had a better day too. I want him not to be on his iPad all day, mm-hmm. which is what happens when he's with me. Um, so oh, that doesn't feel good, but we're going to get back to feeling good this we week. We are, which is one thing we feel good is we go to yoga and we see our wonderful, beautiful teacher Carly there. Yes. So super authentic, creative, mindful person. She, we knew Carly not initially from yoga, but um, she used to teach our kids at yeah. dance. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Carly, but, welcome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. How long have you been practicing yoga? So for me... I actually started about two and a half years ago because I was really intimidated by the way that we've westernized yoga and the emphasis we put on being fit rather than being like your healthiest mentally and physically. So I think that's why I was so apprehensive into starting. And then I found OV Power Yoga and it just clicked right away. The physical aspect of it I was obsessed with and the mental part it just felt like that release that I needed to get something out of my head if I was having one of those days. Absolutely. Makes sense. And you're a dancer. You've been a lifelong dancer, a really good creative choreographer as well. Hello. Somebody jogging by, we know. (laughs) Um, So yeah, you can talk a little bit about that too. And you're still, I love the way you talk about like your dreams with dancing as well. Um, But they will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, We'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah, with dancing and yoga, they kind of go hand in hand. And I'm impressed that after dancing all day, you still come and do yoga. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely difficult, but I just kept, when I went through teacher training, I had that one up on everyone already having taught dance and having taught people in general, um, And I just tried to fuse the two, and I'm still trying to fuse the two. Like, incorporate different movements or just different messages Mm -hmm. that really resonate with me when I'm dancing, and maybe they can with others when I'm teaching yoga. It It was an adjustment, but a good one, for sure. I can tell with you, too, like, you can definitely see your dancer part of it. 
And what I like about your class as well is like you, you, you've helped me a lot on the back bends. Mm. Oh, yay. And I've never really realized, but like as you get older and off, obviously my, my job and I, I used to drive a lot and I don't really do that much right now, but my back was lost a lot of mobility and you mm. don't really realize that you're able to get that back. But Carly's yeah. really helped with that. Well, yay. I'm yeah. glad because um, that's a hard thing. Anything back bending related Mm-hmm. It's hard to trust yourself, one, because we're scared of hurting our backs. Yes. Yeah. So once you know you can go there, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm really glad that that's happened for you. So question of the day, how old are you, Carly? <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm 25. I hit I hit a crisis when I turned 25 last summer. She's it a baby. Was, no baby. It was bad. I would, I would like to say 24 or 23 forever. <laughs> That's a good number for me. Hey, well, I'm I, thinking my 30s are my best life right now. Oh, for, oh yay. 40s, I hear, are your best decades. We've got 40, 30s, yeah. and 20s <laughs> in the car. Um, but Carly, I have to tell you, for a 25-year-old, you are way ahead mentally, health wise than I ever was. I was an asshole when oh I was my 25 gosh. years old. I was a you. mess. Yeah. <laughs> Complete and utter, yeah. you know, oblivious person. And you are not. Do you like, so Carly, do you practice like mindfulness? Do you study it? Cause it sure seems like it. So I and thought how did about you get this. on that? Yeah. I actually think I've been practicing it since I was really young. When okay. I like went back and really thought about it, I remember being in like third grade and knowing what was right for me and what was wrong for me and acting on that. Mm -hmm. My mom did a fantastic job of teaching me that I'm the boss of myself. And I think that realizing you're autonomous is like the first step in mindfulness because you're your own governing body and you need to know what serves you so that it can serve someone else, but also know when you're doing something that's like not so hot and you should like stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that. How did you, do you think your mom did that for us curious moms? Here? I <laughs> don't know. She, she's such a badass. Like she kept her last name mm-hmm. and she, I think growing up and the way that I did and with the people that we did, she was, it forced her to be like, no, look at that. That's not what you want Mm -hmm. out of your life. Like, this is what you need. And it was more so just like showing like, hey, you're capable of much more. And then you have to stick to it and keep doing things that benefit you. So it sounds like she worked on the brain health a lot too from a young age so Jayla and I are starting to realize as an adult your brain can control you or you can control it it is almost like a complete freaking separate entity it's terrifying and (laughs) as you start to learn that it is completely terrifying and Mm -hmm. it wants to take you down you know a negative path all the time but if you become more aware and it literally takes training though yes Um, awareness awareness you can get through that Um, I think, I mean, I can tell with you too, one thing that I noticed about your classes, you talk a lot about like visualizing, um, which is a goal that I have this year. I, I never really, it never really clicked for me, the visualizing part of it. But as I read about it more, it talks about how you can't, your brain can't determine 
when you're visualizing, whether that's reality or not, mm-hmm. but it still it just reacts. It just reacts yeah. the same way and emits vibrations the same way. Mm-hmm. Do you practice visualizing? Oh yeah. Okay. I I think as like a choreographer, that's mm-hmm. the one way that I'm able to create. If I just need an outlet without actually moving, mm-hmm. like I just want to sit there, put music on, and I like visualize the type of choreography I would want to create to it. That's a good point. I also do this thing in my car when I'm driving anywhere. I picture myself doing my dream job as a dancer. And it brings me to tears every time. Because I get mm-hmm. so excited. And like how you said, your brain doesn't know if it's reality or not. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the moment where I'm like, if that were to actually happen to me, that would be my reaction like every time oh. before I would go on stage. It would be like immediate relief like everything that you did and have gone through worked for this moment so that is actually yeah. an abraham hicks method did you get do you read her stuff no abraham? but i've been listening to your podcast <laughs> so i'm fully i'm like <laughs> oh yeah invested now in what you need to get to, the book because i'm yeah. on like chapter two and i was telling shay when i started reading it i feel like it's one of those books that you need to have someone reading it with you and then like talk about it it's deep because it's like hard to understand, but then when you understand, it's like you want to talk about it. You know? Yeah. Um, so you should get that book. I forget <laughs> what she, I need to. <laughs> I forget what she calls that process, but it literally you're already ahead of the times because she talks about when you are driving, visualizing yourself doing something you know that makes you feel good, and to, for your point to the get yourself to the point where you feel like tears of joy, you're doing a, a really <laughs> good job, and that's going to happen for you. It is. Yay. Um, well, thanks, guys. But maybe we could talk a little bit, too. That it, One of the interesting things, many interesting things about Carly is that she is, is it a traumatic brain injury that you mm-hmm. had? She is a traumatic brain injury survivor. Yeah. Um, and that's not, that's not easy to overcome. Um, she's pretty open with it, too. And so we, we don't know much about your story with that, but we see where you are now, and it's clear that you've done a lot of work. And it's inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. Jayla, any questions? Like, do you just want to take us through yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of, what happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how did you get from there to here, basically? Okay. So, if you want to take the floor. Yes. So, long story short, I was 15. It was actually, came up on my 10-year anniversary in December. And I was just in gym class, and I had gotten elbowed at the temple. I decided to walk that day instead of play the game. And when I was walking, there was someone who, like, was jumping up for the ball and came down on my temple. I kind of, like, blacked out for, like, two seconds. And then I was, like, back with it, and I was just groggy the rest of the day. I had a headache, and I didn't think anything of it because I was like, well, I get hit all the time at cheering from like flying arms this is Mm -hmm. no different by the way we were all cheerleaders in this car that's awesome (laughs) i love that go team go Go team team. (laughs) yes but so yeah i went to cheering that night Mm -hmm. and actually tumbled i oh no we were getting ready for ovax and i just my brain was kind of like scrambled eggs at that point so next day i go to the doctors and i like epically fail the neurological testing to where it was just really bad and I didn't realize that it was that uh, intense so from that day forward that's when my life kind of like the trajectory of my future was completely 
derailed, basically. Crazy town. Yeah. It's definitely was crazy town. Yeah. (laughs) So what, what, how did, what, what were the doctors telling you and how did you get through that and... Um, you know, what, what were they telling you? About, like, were you not allowed to do physical activity? Yeah, so I was out of school, and I sat at home. I like to describe it as going through a brain injury is the darkest room you'll ever be in. By yourself, no matter who's around you, supporting you. No one will ever know what went through your head or what didn't go through your head because you couldn't even think anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a 15-year-old taking Vicodin, sleeping pills, oh. and Klonopin daily. Mm. Oh. And so I went from being active not only with sports but with my social life and with school to just being ripped away. Isolated. And, yeah. yeah, just sitting and doing nothing and my I had the greatest doctor ever he actually uh, relocated to Akron but he was he got my mom and I both through it and I saw him every single day because I would take the impact test probably three times a week oh my gosh and (laughs) so yeah so that is crazy too to go from and you because you're a dancer and obviously cheerleader physical I'm learning this about myself too Physical movement is so important to some people, right? Mm-hmm. It is. And yeah. if you if you take that away, it's like who who am I? Yes. And you're isolated and having to take pain medications and not able to think. When you're 15, when and you're yeah. 15, where social stuff is so important. It is. Um, now, um, how long did this happen? Like, when did you start seeing like the light at the end of the tunnel to where you could like transition back? Yeah. So that's a really good question. It was, I wasn't allowed to start physical therapy for a long time because there was too much stimulation to where I would just, my my head would just hurt so much or I couldn't even like stand, I would just get dizzy. So the when I was able to start physical therapy, I'm not, I don't really remember when that was. A lot of things from my brain injury, I am able to like, um, Rehearse basically just from what my mom would say at the doctor's office. So I like learned from her, right. not from memory. Right. Um, but when I was able to start types of therapy, I did physical therapy. Then I had a convergence issue with my left eye, so I couldn't read well oh my because gosh. my left eye would just like wander. And you're a pretty avid reader, right? I wouldn't say avid, but I do like to read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I would like to be an avid reader, actually. Well, I'm trying to learn to be, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I did vision therapy, and I did acupuncture for pain. I did a little bit of speech therapy to help with um, the like reading something and then remembering what I had just read. Yeah. And that was I didn't do that for a long time. I did craniosacral therapy, which is actually was what saved me the most. What is that? So you guys would love it because it's very chiropractic kind of stuff. Um, I guess you can in a way, but without any type of manipulation. So she would really just cup my head. Did you go to a chiropractor or this is the, this is the craniosacral therapist. She's very like, she's into yoga. She's very Mm. like, like, hippie lady. Where was she? She was at Wood Rehab. 
Oh, interesting. And she, what, I, what, what, what is it? Yeah. So, it's, she never applied more pressure than, like, a penny. Okay. And I would go in there with pain or just not being able to sleep, and she would just hold my head mm. and, like lightly touch my temples she would feel the vibration of my ear so she would rub her fingers together like outside of my ear and it would sound like a colony of bees was right there and then she would do her thing Mm -hmm. and then the vibration was gone and that honestly is what settled my body wow like it was wild my mom and I were super like we never discovered acupuncture and that was our first form of like holistic type of medicine so when those things worked we were both like this stuff is real and so much better for you than the drugs the drugs oh, and yeah. anything else really did you go to dr wang here for acupuncture i went actually to upmc up in pittsburgh okay and his name was KK, and my craniosacral therapist was KJ. So it was wow. quite confusing for me the entire time. I'm like, sounds like a, um, like a brain test. Yeah, KK. Yeah. Yeah. Part of my therapy. Well, I was going to say a rap group, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crisscross. That too. Yeah. But. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I went to Dr. Wang here for um, acupuncture for fertility stuff, and I will say. There is something about it, like it brings blood flow to whatever area, which helps with the healing and all that stuff. I'm reading a book now. I just started it. It's by Dr. Um, Deepak Chopra. I'm I'm into him, guys. Um, But it's called The Healing Self. So I'm interested to see, yeah, like like what they say about that Eastern side of it and the way that the mind can help direct healing thoughts towards an area that's not well and actually rebuild it. Yes. Um, it's wild that whole area of medicine and it was crazy well it's essentially you healing yourself yeah which is why it's so wild but then if you think about it why is it wild yeah because you know your body more than anybody can knows your body or can tell you about your body yep and you have to be your own advocate which is hard when you see somebody with a white coat and they're telling you what to do about yourself um so how how did you shift your did you think this was going to be your life forever were you able to like get to the mindset where you knew it was temporary and when did you start to see changes yeah I definitely thought that I was going to be nothing it was told to me at one point by a physical therapist actually Mm. unfortunately so I left them and then went to the physical therapist up in Pittsburgh that does, like, the penguins and stuff. She was also a But that thought's still in your mind, yeah. you know, of you're going to be nothing, and that's hard to but overcome. My, yeah. It is hard to overcome because you already are thinking that. It's damaging. And, yeah. Yeah, and it's almost like, do they want to tell you that because they want to prepare you for worst-case yeah. scenario? Or it's like, I don't what know. What are their intentions for saying exactly. something like yeah. that? Yeah. It's very... <laughs> yes. So I think when I started to see a change and what helped uh, get the momentum going for that is definitely, it's all my mom. She wrote down every single thing. And I mean, like from how I was feeling, we called them good head days or bad head days. Mm -hmm. And if I was able to do my physical therapy, which at that point was just walking in a straight line or tossing a tennis ball up and down and catching it. And or standing there with my eyes closed 
And you I You were someone that was like a tumbler, a cheerleader, yes. a very physical, yeah, and capable person. I couldn't even like stand. Oh my god. So her And this writing, is how long after So this I would say would have started spring of the following year oh the therapies. Gosh. Yeah, that's overwhelming. Yeah. And then they continued for a long time. Did you go back to school at this time? No. Okay. I did half days. I tried half days, I should say, and it was too much. And I was going I was doing half days into sophomore year and throughout sophomore year. Okay. Um, junior year was definitely when I was able to be there full time. Still not I was not where I wanted to be. I knew that the school was too much at that time and you know, they at and at that time brain injuries they weren't really no. known no. and no one not that no one cared, but no one cared to know how well, I much think the, the brain is probably very complex. Yeah. You we're, know? we're yeah. just starting we're just, it's, it's a different yeah. person inside yes. your head inside it your is. body. I think really that's the way we got we need to give them like a name almost. Yeah, I know. like Hitler's here again. Hitler's yeah. here again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Yeah, like it, yeah. Nobody wants that. No. Um, so your mom would write down for you when you were having good days and bra- bad brain days. Yeah, she and then I would scream and cry because I couldn't do my physical therapy and I would say I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I'm tired of this and she would pull out the journal. She did, but look, last night you stood up for 10 seconds and you just did it for 20 today. So, so do they think like when you got hit in the head with the elbow, because that, you know, as a former cheerleader and you were too, Mm -hmm. do they think you had maybe some pre existing concussions? Were you a flyer? Had you ever gotten hit in the head before? Or this just happened? I'd gotten like bumped, but nothing was ever like, oh, there's something wrong like I'm having trouble focusing I was definitely like all good beforehand that is so um so interesting to think about like the level of force and where it hit you yes and how how severe that must have been it's all about where you get hit because I'm very fortunate that I was not in a car accident you know I tell people my story is not that exciting because I didn't it wasn't this tragic accident and I'm very grateful for that and I know a lot of people have it worse than I had it but I still had it well I don't know about that Carly that's not I mean that's a struggle yeah for a 15 year old (laughs) maybe the best thing for you too was that you did have such a young body yes and a young brain you were Um, still you still had that resilience yeah Yeah. still like malleable and I could mold it easier than if I were to get it like now yeah yeah so how many years were you doing therapy are you still doing physical I mean no Um, you're so physically capable (laughs) (laughs) you are a badass (laughs) um honestly I can't really say the end date because it just kind of trickled off it was something that just I was able to walk away from and now, do my do own. Now, do you, um, like, do you ever, do you ever have signs of the present day of you having, like, the brain injury? Does oh, something, yes. like, smack you in the face where you, like, just have to stop good and, question. like, take it back, you know. Very good Pull question. back on what you're doing. Yes. I, from a brain injury, 
uh, anxiety and depression, unfortunately, is the symptom. It is the side effect. It is you are going to have it at some point. And I still have it. And um, I find I get overwhelmed very easily when there's too much stimulation. Like if you're talking and I'm trying to think about what I want for dinner, I get like irritable and I'm, I like can't, I'm like, okay, I need you to stop talking. I need to figure this out first. Then you can say what you want to say, even if it has nothing to do with anything. And it's just like, I need to put my hair in a ponytail. Yeah. I still get overwhelmed. And the irritability is what is still present to this day, which is why yoga has helped so much and just mindfulness yeah Yeah. still just be just being you yes just being yeah and I imagine you as a dancer too like picking music that doesn't irritate you is probably because some of some of those songs are so they'll get you oh they will (laughs) and it that is therapy for me music I'm like if it's something I can't like when that whole baby shark fad was happening I was like avoided at all costs when I was teaching younger kids. I was like, we are, we can listen to anything else but that because there's probably some subliminal message in there too. There probably is that we don't want to know about. Yes. (laughs) Um, shouldn't. Yeah. So life now with the brain injury, um, knowing that you had it in the past because we had talked, I'm sure there's still like you had gone on a ski trip recently and you had talked about Mm -hmm. being a little uh, cautious around letting yourself do activities where you, obviously you could you could hit your head. Is that something that they tell you, or is that just a fear that you have to? They, uh, it's definitely something that they say to be aware of. Like if I wanted to ski, but it's more so a fear because I would not have control over that moment, and yeah. then it would put everything that I worked for to help with like pain management I'll still get those really bad migraines so and uh, was that the biggest symptom was migraine mm -hmm. it was like vomiting and Mm -hmm. just everything not being able to move because you're in so much pain I'll get those still so I think that that's where my biggest fear is I don't want to experience that pain again yeah and Speaking of that, I my latest one that I had in November, I think. Latest I this migraine? Yeah. I mm. found a pressure point that actually mm. helped take it away. I typically go get a nice uh, cocktail IV at MedExpress that takes it away okay. right away. But I pressed my thumb into one temple and then I was on Romeo's arm with the other and there was just enough pressure from his arm that it actually took the migraine away and it was one of my worst ones I'd ever had. Interesting. Yeah, it was insane. That's good to know. I think that those things definitely um, have Knowing your body too. Yeah. It's almost like your body was telling you to do. Yes. How did you get yourself um, as a 15 year old in somebody that's in so much pain where they're throwing up off of medication like a Vicodin? I got lucky. I got really lucky. Addiction yeah. runs in my family just from addictive thoughts, addictive yeah. anything. And I I don't know. I got so lucky. I think I just knew that I didn't want to go down a path of drug addiction because that's such an easy brain disease to get. 
any type of addiction because it's repetitive and then you get used to it. So I just had that in my head a lot and I think it just made me more aware of like, okay, can I, can I go without taking a Vicodin? Mm -hmm. Can I just stay in pain for a little longer so that I don't have to take it? Yeah, that's interesting thought. I've, I've listened to a couple of things on pain and they talk about like our society is almost conditioned, at least in the Western world, to not feel any pain. Like we don't want to feel a lick yep. of it. And when we do, we're looking to fix it right away yes. or whatever, like cover it up. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's, that is interesting. I do think you have to get to a point where you're like, I'm okay with like, I can tolerate this yes. and somehow yeah. calm yourself down. Yes. And we associate pain with, like, shame and, like, vulnerability. And it has such a negative connotation when, in all actuality, that's, like, strength. Being vulnerable and knowing shame and feeling pain and sitting with that is the strongest thing that you can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just we need to remind people that. (laughs) Yeah. We don't like to feel you know, no, no. Like, just... uncomfortable or any kind of, yeah. I love feeling everything. Well, I'm like, we're all feeling it to me all. Yeah. Yeah. We're learning about that for well, sure. Well, that's very inspiring, Carly. Yeah, thank uh, you. Um, yeah. So if for anybody that's dealing with this kind of stuff, what would you say your best, like, what do you do every day to keep your, your brain right? A journal. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing I can't go without right now. I also have to just write something down in my agenda that mm-hmm. is as simple as I brushed my teeth today. Okay. Because reminding yourself that doing small tasks is a big task. It's a huge thing in your mental recovery. I get caught up in people saying like, oh, this is my to-do list. And there's like 20 things on it that are super impressive. <laughs> And I'm like, how are you, what, where do you find time to do this? Because don't you take a nap? Yeah. (laughs) Don't you eat? And so I started doing that and it's helped immensely. Now I've only started this within the last year Okay. because it's taken me a long time to get to a really healthy place with my brain to where I feel comfortable in not accomplishing a task and I feel comfortable with Um, just feeling how I'm feeling. Well, you know what? One thing that I was planning, I don't know if I've really done it. It was a goal for me was to celebrate, um, life's minor goals because it makes so much sense that we are conditioned to once we reach a goal, we don't even sit with it and we're not happy about it. We just go to what's the next thing. And now what? Yes. And now what? what? And Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of that with my job, Mm -hmm. um, with just anything. So it's like you say, brushing your teeth. Like if you just find the joy and the satisfaction and just sit with it, like it can help you, um, just be a, a, find the joy, be the happier person. And I feel like, you know, some of these things that I accomplish, I don't even enjoy them because I just breeze right through it. No. And you and I are both impacted by what people think of us too. Oh shit. Oh yeah. In a way that like, it'll wreck me. Yes. It, it's the hardest thing. Well, God, it's yeah. Getting that validation from an external source. I got to get away from that. Yeah. When you journal, I just started this too over the past year. What are you doing? Like, what are your journal prompts? I've heard of different ones, but it is helpful. I just write. I okay. just write. It could like be... Like, first thing in the morning? Or... It, I typically do it before class. Okay. That's when I like to get all my thoughts out there. That way, when I teach... 
And these are just things that are on your subconscious. Yep. It's like, I had a really good dream last night or if I was annoyed with something that someone did, I write it down Mm -hmm. so that it does not fester. Okay, well, this is Shay. We had some technical difficulties at the end, and it sounded like a uh, tea kettle. So, unfortunately, we didn't catch the last few minutes of our podcast um, with Carlita Cola, but hopefully you learned a little bit of stuff along the way. We left off talking about journaling um, and celebrating life's little victories, even in your to-do list, like brushing your teeth or taking a shower. Uh, We also talked about within journaling a thing called um, the morning papers where you just literally write as much as you can on three papers to get it off of your subconscious um, for three full pages. Sometimes that can be a little overwhelming because three pages is a lot, but even just writing first thing in the morning to get yourself off that obsessive loop is helpful as well. And then Jayla had referenced... um, the book that she is reading, I believe. And then my little tip too, is we had talked a little bit about the Abraham Hicks emotional guidance scale. I posted that in the show notes um, underneath wherever the podcast notes are. So just so you can have it as a reference, but it, we talked about moving yourself up on that emotional guidance scale, each step up on it gets you to a a better vibration, a more positive mindset to where you start to feel better. So the lowest part of that emotional guidance scale is say revenge, fear, insecurity, jealousy, hatred. So if you find yourself in those moments where you're frustrated at work or frustrated in your family and you're, you know, feeling like you want to get revenge on somebody, even if you can be conscious enough to even write that down and try to move yourself up one spot to maybe discouragement and then another spot to wait, to blame or to worry, eventually you start to move yourself all the way up on that emotional guidance scale to the point where you can get to positive expectations, passion, joy, and that just gets you to a spot where you're feeling good. Um, so that is a really nice, useful tool, and we'll we'll continue to dive into that more as well. But hope that is good. Just remember, we are the Ask Yourself Why Not podcast with Shay Pentino and Jayla Robinson. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. I'm at Shay Pentino. Carly is at Carly DeCola. Jayla is at Jayla Robinson Realtor. Um, and just remember to subscribe and rate our podcast anywhere you can listen to podcasts that just helps us be seen more. Hope this was helpful to you guys and remember to ask yourself why not.